Daily Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 169, live from Seaplane of Palooza 2018, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Rosleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Well, folks, welcome to the Stuck Mike Avcast. We're here at a special event, and uh, one of the few times I actually get to do a live event with somebody really special standing next to me, and that is Victoria Nouvelle. Victoria, hey, it's great to see you again. We're reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> and you haven't told me to move chairs because you've done that already. It's an inside joke, but the first time we met, what did you do to me? I gave you a chair, and I said, get to work. <laughs> I didn't even give him a hug. <laughs> I got a hug this time. I'm happy about that. And we had this really cool spot, and we're in Tavares. Hopefully I've said that right. Tavares, yeah. Tavares, Florida. And this is the most seaplane-friendly city in the United States. And uh, that's a bold statement right there, but they truly are. The people here are wonderful. They're all about seaplanes. There's a manufacturer down the road. Progressive Aerodyne makes the Sea Ray. There's also Jones Brothers that does quite a bit of flight instructing here, uh, both in the Sea Ray and in all different types of seaplanes. But today, Victoria, we're representing Stuck Mike Avcast, but also you're here with another organization. That's your day job. And who's that? Aviation Insurance Resources. And I'm kind of here to just, you know, stalk, pretty much stalk. I'm stalking all of the seaplane pilots. And I'm like, hey, guess what? I insure seaplanes too. So I insure the space. And it, so it means a lot to me to be here today and get to meet my friend and hang out. Yeah, this is awesome actually getting together. And, all, and just to get a picture here, we're standing in, in front of a lake. And the lake is? Shoot. Uh-oh, it's not Lake Shoot. I know that. <laughs> and we're going to get that right once we find out. What, boy, it just blew it past it. This is senior moments here. But it's right in front of the lake on downtown Tavares, and it's wonderful flying that they're doing right in front of us. I mean, we can walk out just about 20 feet away. We have sea rays. We have uh, 182s on floats. We have a whole bunch of different aircraft that actually you folks do uh, insure, don't you? The seaplanes and uh, both light sport and actually production aircraft. Uh, so before we get started, I guess we'll do our first interview with you, is Aviation Insurance Resources, which you can find at air-pros.com, insures all different types of airplanes and is very progressive in that the fact that they have been one of the first to insure drones. Yep, we were one of the first to insure drones. We were one of the first to insure LSAs, actually, so that's really important for the Sea Ray. Um, we are always on the top of the market. Like, we follow what's happening, we see what pilots want, and we don't want to have anything that we don't insure. So, um, I dare you to stump me. Find something I have trouble with because, um, you know, it's fun. I enjoy the, the hard things. And, you know, the market is tightening right now for aircraft insurance. So that's why it's really important to find a broker that shops all of the markets to get you the best rate because some, um, some brokers aren't appointed with underwriters that write certain things. There might be only one or two companies that insure a certain type of aircraft. So you have to make sure you go to a broker that has access to that. 
And also, I want to see a broker that has some experience. So at your company, some of the, most of the folks, well, I guess you can answer this question. Do people have their, their pilot certificates? Every single person in the office is a pilot. Um, Sands our administrative assistant, but her mother-in-law is a pilot, and she's at the airport every weekend, sometimes more than me. So we are all pilots. We all know this industry. I guess some people that don't know are listening to this uh, live later on. Uh, you actually are working on maybe your CFI at some point? I am working on my CFI. I got my written done, and now I'm just trying to find a retractable aircraft that someone hopefully will loan me or a scholarship. So it's it's very nerve-wracking like how much I have to know because I have to build a pilot someday. So any tips would be appreciated because I am really nervous, and I... I looked back at my logbook and I only th- flew um, eight times in the past two years. So, um, you know, life happens and that was really disappointing. But the good thing is I've flown over eight times this year already. So I am on a roll and I'm excited to get back like fully immersed in aviation. I think one of the last flights I saw you were kind of hanging upside down. I was. I had a bad attitude that day and I just <laughs> put the plane upside down and felt a little bit better. <laughs> Make your attitude better by flying upside down. I like that a lot. You know, if you have any questions, by the way, for Victoria, of course, uh, stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com, but also they can find you on Air-Pros. How else can they find you? I am on uh, Twitter, at ToriaFly. Instagram is victoria.at.air, and you can also message me on Facebook. Awesome. You know, one of the other things that we were talking about, you brought up the subject of scholarships. And uh, while we're here talking about it, of course, I published the scholarships guide, aerospacescholarships.com, also at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. Uh, you actually were one of the people that wrote in with a question concerning the scholarships guide. Uh, I think you had purchased it on Amazon? Yes. Okay. It was really easy. Just <laughs> right into my Kindle. It was great. <laughs> one of the things that I think people don't realize is Kindle, when you have an update to the scholarship or any book on Kindle, you can actually download it right away. As a matter of fact, some of the different apps, maybe it's a Kindle that you're using or maybe it's the online app or maybe it's the app on your Mac or your your regular Windows. If you reload that book, it'll download that version. And if people want to know which version of Scholarships Guide they're looking at, it's actually right there at the top says version in the month. Uh, we actually... Uh, didn't put the month in in this update so it is the current version uh and uh, the newest scholarships out there are uh, from uh, we have about 110,000 coming from the national gay pilots association that we just put into the scholarships guide uh also seaplane scholarships since we're at seaplane of palooza uh, we just added a couple new ones and the jones brothers they're actually going to start a scholarship and they're uh, i'm not sure if it's it's actually completed yet we're about to go talk to them and uh, we're going to be including that in our guide too so victoria with all that said are you going to start applying? Oh, yeah, I already did. So I downloaded the um, app last month, I believe, and I went through every single one to see which one I qualified for and applied to them. And it took me several hours because yeah. there, it's there's it's a good resource. There's a lot of different scholarships that I haven't heard of before that um, you don't easily find just doing a quick Google search. So And then I was happy to hear that the updates were free because now I get more scholarships to have access to. So I'm going to download that when I get back home and uh, see what else I can apply to, because I mean business. 
Well, it's awesome because, and it's also great value because it's only ten bucks, and if you just get one scholarship worth of five hundred dollars, it's worth it right there. And uh, you know, we're not meant to, to really make a lot of money off it, but by purchasing it, it does enable us to actually put more scholarships in there because we have to pay to do the research. Uh, so we really appreciate people actually downloading that. It's actually become one of the best sellers out there. Also, another thing about the Aviation Careers podcast, it's also sponsor of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, we just recently, there's a friend that does a careers podcast. I've been listening to him and it's called Max Guide and he just put us into the 2018 uh, career podcast of the year. So we're pretty happy about that one. And we're really excited to be in that guide and humbled by it, especially uh, with the people that we are sharing it with. But going back to Victoria and, and your journey here, you're here as a pilot. You're also here in aviation. A lot of people don't realize there's, there's lots of different things you can do in aviation as a career and still be involved in aviation. You don't have to go to the airlines, right? No, not at all. Um, actually, I wanted to be a corporate pilot for a living, and I just couldn't make ends meet, and I couldn't make everything happen. And when I moved to Frederick, I said, I'm not going to move until um, I get a job in aviation. I don't care what it is as long as it's related to aviation. So I actually fell into the insurance industry because I had a background in insurance and I had a background in aviation. So they hired me right away. And I turned it into something great and ended up staying because I get to talk to pilots on a daily basis. I get to learn about these aircraft in different careers and different um, commercial operations that I've never even thought of. And I get to fly for fun um, in the mornings and on the weekends. So it's not... A bad thing that I didn't end up where I wanted to be because I kind of ended up to be sappy like where I was meant to be so yeah and the one cool thing about what you do too is you actually are, are big contributors here the company that you work for the aviation insurance resources in the seaplane of Palooza a big sponsor here and I think that's terrific what you guys do uh, you're actually and that's how these things are put on is by sponsors like yourself so we really appreciate that yeah it was great and um, the, all the money goes towards their new scholarship so we were happy to uh, make new pilots around here well, awesome, Victoria. Air Pros, Air Dash Pros, and uh, also you can find it at stuckmikeavcast.com because, yeah, of course, Victoria's a co host. Hey, I tell you what, Victoria, what do you say we go out and interview some of these wonderful people before the train comes by? That <laughs> <laughs> does kind of interrupt the interview, but it just adds to the ambiance. I love it. Trains, planes, and automobiles. <laughs> Trains, planes, and automobiles. You can hear that in the background. Also, going to hear some of the airplanes in the foreground. We're going to go talk to some other folks. Don't forget to download us every day. We're going to be here live every Every day and have a daily event plus at Sun and Fun. So download us today, download us tomorrow, and uh, look us up, stuckmikeafcast.com. Also, we're going to be streaming live from Sun and Fun at liveatc.net slash SNF. This is Carl Valeri, Victoria Nuvels, reporting here from Seaplane Palooza 2018 for the Stuck Mike Avcast. This is Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting live here at uh, 2018 see Plain of Palooza, and I am here with Rob Galloway from the Jones Brothers. Rob, welcome. Hey, great day. A little windy. <laughs> it is a little bit windy here, and this is actually a, a wonderful event that's going on here at Sea Plain of Palooza. You are one of the large sponsors at, at Jones Brothers, and tell us a little bit about this event, and then we'll get into a little bit about what you folks do. Sure, yeah. So Sea Plain of Palooza is. Uh, Kind of in conjunction with uh, Sun and Fun, it's the the seaplane fly-in of Sun and Fun. Uh, obviously, the weekend leading up to it, so uh, lots of uh, seaplanes coming in, all kinds of different varieties, and uh, you know competitions, things like that. 
So tell us a little bit about some of those competitions. There's there's all sorts of cool planes here, but there's also some fun events. Yeah, the events are uh, the pilots enter competitions such as bomb drops where we throw watermelons out of the airplanes and uh, try to hit a target. Also fastest takeoff, spot landing competitions, uh, even beauty pageants for the airplanes. <laughs> awesome. And there are some beautiful, gorgeous-looking airplanes out there, aren't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the Waco's got to be my favorite. So if you could, maybe since you know a lot about these planes here, what do we have here? What type of airplanes are going to be flying in today? Oh, let's see. We've got some uh, Lake Amphibs, the beautiful Waco on the Whipline floats over there. Sea um, Ray's obviously a big deal here with the manufacturer right down the street. Uh, lots of little experimentals, a couple of uh, uh, light sport aircraft, quite a variety. <laughs> Cool, cool. Hey, listen, we got to talk about Jones Brothers. I mean, you guys put the passion back in aviation with teaching people how to fly seaplanes. You're also very unique in what you do. So what is it that Jones Brothers does? Well, we do our uh, sightseeing flights. Keeps us really busy. Uh, we do have a 135 certificate, so we do uh, seaplane charter as well. And, uh, yeah, we do uh, quite a bit of instruction, so seaplane ratings. And, uh, and we actually have a seaplane flying club. Once people get their rating, they can come back and take uh, our Cessna 140 out solo. So that's something really unique you just said. You can take a Cessna 140 on floats solo. I don't know too many other places that can do that. Not many places in the country. It's uh, kind of an insurance issue, but we've uh, worked with our insurance company closely and figured out a way to do that, and it's, uh, it's been really attractive. Our club members have a great time with it. It was really cool last time we met. We, uh, there was a couple of things we were talking about, the scholarships we'll talk about in a minute here, but also the fact that you have people coming from all over the world because I think people don't realize that some places you really can't fly a seaplane, can you? Yeah, very restrictive, uh, restricted in Europe and different places. So we do have people from all over the world coming in for ratings. Well, Rob, how did you get into this? You've been instructing. I think you're an examiner. Oh, you know, just one day thought, what in the world am I going to do with uh, my life that I'm going to have fun doing every day? And seaplanes seem to be the way to go. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So if I want to get my seaplane rating and say I'm a, a fixed wing pilot land, uh, what's it going to take? I mean, if for somebody with average abilities. Yeah, we do the course usually in uh, within three days, two to three days. You end up with oh, five-ish hours of flight time and some ground school. And uh, and it's just it's the most fun flying you'll ever do. I you know I haven't gotten in a seaplane yet. I can't wait to get into one. This would be a perfect place to do that. Uh, but if somebody's dreaming about doing what you're doing someday, maybe becoming a flight instructor, it, it seems like it, it at first it seems daunting, but it's like anything else. You just go out and check it out. How long does that take? Oh, to uh, to to find yeah to become an instructor. Um, you know. Uh, you, if you go through your, the normal instructor's courses and things like that to become a, a regular instructor um, and you want to find a unique niche and you want to be a seaplane instructor, um, you know, go out, build some time on floats. Uh, once you've probably got 40 or 50 hours or something like that, you're probably comfortable enough to do some instruction on seaplanes. Awesome. So it, it's out there. I hear you know people write into us at the Aviation Careers Podcast and ask, hey, I want to be a seaplane pilot. I want to be a seaplane instructor. It just seems so far away. It's not impossible like anything else. It just takes time. That's right. <laughs> a little dedication. You know, I really commend you for what you folks do here at Jones Brothers. You're very involved in the community and Tavares and also involved with people trying to move forward in their careers and also recreationally. One of the things you guys started is actually 
doing scholarships. So tell us a little bit about that. I know last time we spoke, you were just getting started. Yeah, this is our first year for the Jones Brothers Aviation Scholarship. Um, we selected an app, well, we selected from a pool of applicants from Tavares High School here uh, and basically wanted to raise money to give back to the community that does so much for us. I mean, this being America's seaplane city, um, boy, they, you know, we're just blessed to be in a place that supports aviation and particularly seaplane flying so much. And what better could we do than give back to the community as an aviation scholarship for a kid? So the competition you're, ha you're going to have here today, I think you're involving a scholarship in that competition? That's right. Uh, we created an event called Seaplane Bingo, one of a kind. Uh, it's got to be the first it's been done in the whole world because we kind of conjured it from thin air ourselves. Uh, basically, we've made a floating grid that we're going to put out in the lake and uh, fly over it with a seaplane, drop a ball over the grid, whatever square it lands in. The person who has purchased that square uh, as part of the fundraiser wins a great prize that we have for multiple, multiple bingo games during the course of the afternoon. Hang on a minute. You're going to do bingo out on the lake and put a grid out there. Uh, have you guys done this? We've practiced a few times, and the first couple of times we had a really hard time hitting that grid. <laughs> but I think we've got it perfected now. Awesome. You know, it's funny because uh, dropping something out of an airplane to hit a spot isn't that easy, is it? No, it's pretty pretty tough. And I tell you what, the grid looked big when we had it on land. You get it out there on the water and fly over it, it's tiny. <laughs> you know, we hear some airplane noise in the background. We just love that. We'll love to hear that. Uh, you know, there's two different kinds of airplanes out here. You have the ones up on floats. Yeah, you also have amphibious aircraft, ones that are, are lower to the water. Um, as far as learning how to fly these, is there any type of different skills involved in learning to fly one that's up on floats as opposed to being a hold close to the water? Well, they are quite different. I mean, they def definitely have different uh, landing and, and flying characteristics and, and characteristics of how they handle on the water. Um, so, technically, when you get a rating in one, you're qualified to do the other, but you're certainly not experienced enough yet. So, yeah, there absolutely is some transition training from one to the other for the, for the significant differences that really are between the two. So, if you're considering buying, say, a Sea Ray, you should probably get your seaplane rating in the Sea Ray, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, that would, be, that would be wise. And then you can always, you know, expand your horizons a little bit and see what the differences are to go flying on floats. But, yeah, if you're going to be a, if you're going to purchase a flying hull type boat, I would, I would certainly learn on a hull. So, do, what are the, like, challenges involved in, like, transitioning from a hull up to, say, a 182 on float? Well, one of the biggest things you just said up to, and that's really the, a big difference, is the fact that the, on floats you're so much higher. So, the sight picture is a big difference. I mean, a, on a, in a sea ray, you're bringing it right down to the surface, and I mean, almost sitting on the surface of the water. Um, you have to get used to that sight picture. Um, float planes are a lot more top-heavy. And so there are some concerns with that, making sure you're, you're handling things correctly on the water and with wind that you might not have the same concern with a flying hull type uh, airplane that's much lower to the surface. Well, Rob Galloway at uh, Jones Brothers, uh, we really commend what you do here. And also, you're just a big part of the seaplane community, a spokesperson. I love what you're doing with the scholarships. We can't wait to see you do more with those scholarships and helping out the community. What else are we going to see here today and possibly into Sunday? If someone's listening to this tonight, what are they going to see tomorrow? Well, it looks like we are probably going to delay for wind our seaplane bingo game to tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. Okay. So, uh, so, you know, that's... Uh, 
one thing that we were planning on doing this afternoon. So for someone who did not make it out today, please come tomorrow. Check that out. Um, they're also going to have a pilot scavenger hunt tomorrow. So any uh, pilots with seaplanes here who want to um, participate, there's a handful of GPS um, waypoints or something that they've provided and pilot has to fly over it and take a picture of whatever's there and uh, pilot pancake breakfast tomorrow morning so all kinds of things going on still I think another important thing if you notice there's a lot of families out here and there's kids is that if, if you're not a pilot there's something for everybody here if you're into, into just watching airplanes take off and land this is a really cool spot what better than to watch a seaplane take off and land on a lake oh yeah I mean crowds are already rolling in you can probably hear it in the background hearing airplanes in the background yeah definitely an exciting place to be today well, if someone's listening today uh, where can they find you as far as on the internet uh, our website is jonesairandsea.com. Okay. Uh, the city of Tavares is uh, tavares.org, I believe. Um, so, you know, that's the Tavares website will have all the city activities. And, of course, again, it's, uh, you know, just their, their slogan is America's Seaplane City. So um, any events or things they have going on during the course of the year, you can find on their website. And, of course, on our website, you can find out anything you need about our sightseeing flights, charter, or training. Awesome. This is the place to do it is right here in the most seaplane friendly city in the United States. Rob, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you for coming. Carl Valeri reporting for Sun and Fun Radio and Stuck Mike Afcast right here at Tavares, Florida. It's Seaplane of Palooza 2018. you got to check this out. Well, folks, Carl Valeri with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for Sun and Fun Radio. We're right here at the 2018 Seaplane Palooza, and we're with somebody who's an incredible supporter of seaplanes. Well, actually, he's the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here again. Well, gosh, you, you have one heck of an event here. It's a little windy, but people are coming out in droves, and I think that's awesome. We've seen a lot of folks take off and land. There's a lot of fun out here. Uh, seaplane flying is for everybody, not just people that are pilots, but also people who love to watch airplanes. What's better than watching an airplane take off and land on the water? Oh, it's amazing. You know, we, uh, seaplanes are just a magnet. Anywhere we go, there's a crowd. When we show up at a restaurant or a park or a town like Tavares here, people just come out in droves. They want to see seaplanes. They want to come and just learn about them and talk to them. And, and, and that's what we're here for. I mean, it's really to get the outreach with the public. Well, part of the Seaplane Pilots Association is, is both outreach and promoting aviation and seaplane, but also it's protection, isn't it? It is. So our primary role is to protect the waterways, to work with local, state, and federal governments to make sure that the pilots have places to operate the seaplanes. But we also work with the finance companies. We also work with the insurance companies. I do 50 safety seminars a year to make sure that the pilots are operating safely. Uh, so we have a pretty broad mission. It's uh, pretty encompassing. So somebody who's looking at getting into seaplanes and is thinking about flying, like I don't have my rating yet, uh, you know, I'm a land plane pilot, I have always looked at it and said, wow, that's cool. Why should I join Seaplane Pilots Association? Well, you get plugged into the community. You, you figure out with us, you get a flight training directory that'll tell you where to go to get your flight training. In every state in the union, in the United States, plus Canada, will tell you where you can go get seaplane flight training, what they fly, how much it costs, what their course is like, and all their contact information, among other things. But first and foremost, you're going to get plugged into the community, find out more about all the exciting things that you can do in the with a seaplane and all the places we go the trips that we do the different events that we do all the opportunities so it just helps you get really plugged in and once you get plugged in then you understand the value of the rating even more 
Well, Steve, that's, that brings up a great point. You know, why should you get your seaplane rating? You know, there's always the fun factor. There's a the cool factor and all. Uh, how useful will it be? So tell us why and also the usefulness. <laughs> well, you know, what we see today with the advent of the glass cockpit, where it's just taking the community a lot uh, more by storm than we thought. If you look at the, most of the young pilots today doing flight training, they're learning in a glass cockpit environment. And what we see is a huge erosion of basic stick and rudder skills. And so for us, even seasoned pilots that are transitioning more and more to glass environments or they're flying tricycle gear airplanes, we see a lot of laziness on the, the stick and rudder skills. And so one of the great things you're gonna get from a seaplane rating is you're really gonna hone and develop those stick and rudder skills and get back in touch with what it means to be a aviator. And so we really like it from that aspect. We think that by getting a seaplane rating, by going and getting a glider rating or your tailwheel endorsement, that you're really making yourself a safer pilot. And we all want to be safer pilots. It increases your skills, just like you said. Uh, getting your seaplane rating is is not as tough as you think. There's there's places all over the place. Uh, it's not that expensive. It's all around the world. No matter where you are, everybody thinks Florida, Alaska, but there's seaplanes flying everywhere, right? Yeah, there's almost a seaplane school in every state of the union. Uh, there's over a hundred in the United States. Generally, you can do your rating for under three thousand dollars anywhere from three days to a week, depending on the level of training, the type of airplane you're using. Uh, so there's opportunities everywhere. And you know, even before I was the executive director and had really an amazing access to the airplanes that I have today, as far as seaplanes, everywhere I would travel, I would look up a seaplane school and go fly with an instructor. Just, it gave me a, an incredible knowledge base because I got to fly before I was executive director, 45 different types of seaplanes as far as different types and in different geographic locations with the challenges of each geographic location. And I would fly with a new instructor, a different instructor. And so it really, I think, made me a tremendously better pilot by getting this experience. And I got to explore and see things in each one of these geographic locations that most people will never see. Well, one of those geographic locations where I think is the most terrific place in the world to come to is the most seaplane-friendly place in the world. I think it's here in Tavares. And what are we going to see here today? Since you know so much about the different varieties, et cetera, I think I, I saw the one thing I saw was a, a Waco on floats. So I think that's what it was. It's amazing. So what else are people going to see here at Seaplane Palooza? Well, you have everything from the LSA, the sport type aircraft, the really light aircraft like the Sea Ray, all the way up to the Waco. We might see a Kodiak come in today on the amphibious floats. Uh, we've got 185s, 206s, Super Cubs, huge variety. We even had a, a trike out here on floats earlier. And, and so uh, a weight shift uh, seaplane. Uh, we've got our auto gyros on, on floats, which is really unique. So there is a, an amazing diversity of, of airplanes here. And you're going to see probably more seaplanes in the water here than you'll see, you know, most places you could ever go. So it's a great opportunity. I have never seen this many seaplanes in my life in one spot. Hey, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, a lot of folks are thinking, too, that are listening right now. We do our sister podcast, Aviation Careers Podcast, about careers in aviation. Uh, and a lot of folks are like, well, I wouldn't go into the seaplane flying because there's not that many jobs. And I was surprised at how many are really out there. Maybe you can touch on some of those. Give us a taste as to, you know, what's out there for someone who wants to do this as a living. Well, absolutely. So one of the things about being a member is on our website, we post a job, a job area for people looking and seeking to be employed, uh, as well as employers looking to have people come on board. There are jobs from Alaska to the Maldive Islands to Australia, 
there are job opportunities worldwide for seaplane pilots and you know we get to fly in shorts we're not wearing a suit and tie and and black shiny shoes that get polished we're wearing dock siders flip-flops and shorts so it is a different career path you're going to be someplace that's probably incredibly beautiful uh, and you're going to be flying people not on autopilot you're going to be hand flying the airplane and you're going to be flying with amazing customers your passengers are going to be amazing people so everything from flying uh, very well-heeled individuals, celebrities that have seaplanes, uh, you know, they need pilots, uh, to very wealthy individuals that may be operating, say, caravans or Kodiaks as personal airplanes. Usually they'll have a professional crew. Uh, but you've got Kenmore Air Harbor in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got Tropic Ocean Airways down in Fort Lauderdale flying to the Bahamas. There are commercial opportunities everywhere to be a seaplane pilot. One of the reasons that people get into flying is to, to do it for a living and make some money, but it's not just about the money. It's all about the flying, though, and that's what's so cool about seaplane flying. One thing that you folks do, and I think is terrific, is promoting aviation and careers and people actually moving into the seaplane world. You actually offer scholarships, which we have in aerospacescholarships.com. Tell us a little bit about some of those scholarships and who can apply. So our scholarship program is for young career track pilots, 18 to 25 years old, and we put you into a pool. Uh, it's on merit-based. It's a very lengthy application form, but we are looking, it's a zero-cost seaplane rating. We do a dozen uh, scholarships per year, and we spread those geographically throughout the country. And if you get into the program at seaplanes.org, and it'll say scholarship program, click on the button, you can complete the application process. If you get in the program, even if you're not selected for this round, when we select, you stay in until you either age out at 25 or you get your rating and you don't uh, you know, need it anymore. So if someone wanted to help support those scholarships and they say they're not a member listening right now, is there any way that they can do that? Absolutely. Uh, you, we accept, obviously, donations uh, to support the scholarship program, and we need that. Uh, each rating, we budget $2,500 to $3,000, and like I said, right now we're uh, awarding a dozen per year. I would like to expand that to 24 scholarships per year. And we've had some amazing results. One of our scholarship recipients was just fe uh, featured in Women in Aviation magazine as a cover story. Uh, she has Brooke Roman. Uh, she's up in Talkeetna, Alaska. She has trained over 100 seaplane pilots as an instructor, and we totally changed her career path as a result of receiving our scholarship. So she's an absolute you know, dream success story. But we've got another, our very first recipient is down in Naples, Florida, flying a 206 commercially, uh, chief pilot of a seaplane operation down in Naples, Florida. So our scholarships are working. I mean, that the people that are getting them, we're changing their, their thought processes, we're getting them on a different career track than they probably expected, and they're having great success. And so it's amazing to be able to impact the community in that way. It's the greatest honor of a lifetime. Well, Steve, we really appreciate what you've done for the Seaplane Pilots Association and also for the Seaplane Pilots in general. You really have promoted, even if you're not a member, you're getting benefits from the Seaplane Pilots Association, are you not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, your membership in AOPA, EAA, whatever, you know, go out there and support. What I would encourage people to do is go out there and support your aviation uh, organizations. They really need it. It's very hard r running a nonprofit as we do and doing the mission that we do on a very small budget. 
We depend on a lot of volunteers, so if you have some extra time and you want to be around seaplanes, uh, you can contact us to volunteer, which will put you in close proximity. Peter Christie, who's here with us today, drove up to Oshkosh with us last year, and then he met me up in Maine to bring a Super Cub on amphibious floats back uh, last November, and he got to fly from Maine all the way to Florida uh, with me in a Super Cub as a volunteer. And uh, we've got a new Sea Ray. I'd like to do a shout out to Progressive Aerodyne. Uh, if there's a beautiful little brand new Sea Ray over there that they're going to give us the keys to for 12 months, that, that'll be at a press conference opening day at Sun and Fun awesome. at lunchtime. And uh, we're going to take it on a long-term test drive and fly it all around the country for a year. So really exciting stuff. So make sure you listen uh, live, liveatc.net slash SNF for that announcement. Also, if people are listening right now on the Internet, there's a place to find you. Yes, seaplanes.org. Very simple, seaplanesplural.org. And um, very extensive website, over 650 pages of information on the website currently. So if I'm interested in joining, uh, there's a way to join as a monthly or as a yearly membership. How much is that? Yeah, so a yearly membership is $55. You get a subscription to our magazine. We're the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the water flying community. Uh, you get rental car discounts, insurance discounts. We have a seaplane rental insurance insurance program. We have a new partner, which will be coming on at Sun and Fun as well, with Airfleet Capital as a finance partner to help you finance the float conversion for your airplane or to help you buy a seaplane um, so there's a lot of benefits to becoming a member but again even if you're not a seaplane pilot you can just enjoy being a part of all the exciting stuff that's going on with us and one little plug for you folks if you're looking at trying to help support the seaplane pilots association think about a lifetime membership because that lifetime membership does more than its dollars alone uh, so explain a little bit why if you put in that i think it's 900 something dollars you can explain that why that helps you well, what we do is we take a lifetime membership, which is $975, and we actually spread that payout for the association over a 20-year period. So we put that money into a holding account. We try to make a little bit of interest on it. And then on January 1st for 20 years, we take out the equivalent of one year's membership. But it gives us the benefit of not having to chase you every year, try to get a renewal out of you, and all of that costs money. So even though the membership is probably going to cost you less money in the end, uh, we get more benefit out of it. And you're going to get a nice, uh, we have a beautiful flight jacket uh, that's a Seaplane Pilots Association that we give you. You get a beautiful custom wooden plaque and certificate. And at events like the Corn Roast at AirVenture, you get free beer and a mission for life. So, <laughs> Free beer and a mission. I'm, in. I'm, I'm signing up now. <laughs> well, this has been terrific. There's so much that Seaplane Pilots Association does for, for everybody. Even if you're just passionate about seaplanes and you don't want to fly them, please think about joining because you're part of a society, and it's a wonderful society. People that are passionate about aviation, passionate about seaplanes. Hats off to you, Steve, for really growing this organization. It's, I've watched you over the years, and it's been wonderful uh, seeing it move forward and also the fact that you're inspiring so many aviators. So we really appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. And to find you again on the Internet, if you're listening right now. Seaplanes.org. So very simple, seaplanesplural.org. And uh, we'll come up uh, at the top and uh, just come on in and explore. Seaplanes.org. This is Carl Valeri reporting here with Steve, who's the executive director at the Seaplane Pilots Association, right here at Seaplane of Palooza 2018 in the world's friendliest seaplane base. 
in the world, I feel. And uh, if you get a chance, listen to us online, Stuck Mike Avcast. We'll have these interviews rolling. You can get links to everything we talked about, whether it's the scholarships, et cetera, will be on the website. Don't forget also, Seaplane Pilots Association and what he talked about with the Sea Ray will be at Sun and Fun, the event right after this. Again, we'll be reporting from the Seaplane Pilots Association booth here at Seaplane Palooza 2018. Well, folks, this is Carl Valer with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting here live from Seaplane Palooza 2018, and I'm here actually with somebody I ran into who's uh, from over in Lakeland, and it's Bob Hiley. Bob, uh, it's great to see you, first of all, on this windy day out here. Uh, I think they might have to postpone a little bit of the flying events. Uh, I, I think you said something about the, the flag or something? Yeah, actually, us, uh, we seaplane pilots, if the flag's flapping, yeah, we'll take a look at it. But if that flag is snapping like it is right now we'll watch the water from the shore <laughs> and I, I can understand that you know we've we've seen some beautiful planes take off land do some to flybys and everything this is like the coolest event I've ever seen uh, with seaplanes but you are here right now representing uh, the son of on the seabirds the seabirds at Sun and Fun tell us a, a little bit about the seabirds okay the seabirds from Sun and Fun we've been around since uh, uh, 1992 and uh, we are the hosts of anything that floats uh, and flies at the same time. Obviously, at the airport, we are hosts of the amphibian airplanes, but uh, we get out to these kinds of events to take care, uh, to greet and meet with everybody. Our main job is the seabirds with Sun and Fun. Or it's actually a, a part of Sun and Fun. You've got your antique airplanes, you got your home belts. We take care of the seabirds. And we have a hospitality tent set up down there at Sun and Fun that uh, we'll be back tomorrow starting to man and uh, host all the seabirds that come in to the, to the fly-in. So at Seaplane Palooza, uh, this is actually that you've co-opted. It's wonderful with uh, Sun and Fun and Seaplane Palooza. Tavares is uh, the most seaplane-friendly place in the world, from what I can tell. Are these folks going to be flying down to Sun and Fun? Oh, it's fantastic. Yes, uh, the uh, the idea of the whole thing is that uh, people coming in to Sun and Fun that are uh, uh, seaplane enthusiasts would stop off here on their way and get charged up. And then when we go down there for a whole week of good fun at Sun and Fun, we've already greeted them, sold them a T-shirt, and we can identify them. And... Uh, and like that but uh, basically the seabirds uh, whole function is to meet and greet our seaplane flying people or anybody that's really in interested you don't have to have a seaplane you don't have to have a pilot so you don't even have to know which end of is up on it we'd love to have you and that's our our real mission in life is to kind of greet people that are fascinated as we are by airplanes that land on water you know, it's so cool watching planes take off and land on the water. It's it's peaceful on a day like today. It's exciting with the wind howling, uh, and and the planes themselves are absolutely beautiful. There's new planes to old planes, aren't there? Oh, this is a this showcase that's on the ramp right here. I wish we had living color for you. There are everything from uh, light sport airplanes that you can actually fly with a driver's license all the way up to a biplane that's got a 300 horsepower engine that's got amphibious floats on it. We've got the newest, latest, and greatest from Whip, uh, Whip Air uh, over in Leesburg. They brought one of their uh, fantastic new uh, creations over here, Sea Ray. 
uh, Progressive Aerodyne Sea Ray is uh, actually based right here in Tavares and they built these fantastic uh, little airplanes that uh, are quite modest in price as far as the other ones and uh, it's a great a great way to get into the get into the sport you know one of one of the things that's interesting is in seaplane of Palooza there used to be a, a thing called splash in that they had every year is is this similar to that right uh, in years past Sun and fun had a uh, splash in uh, uh, and that was what the seabirds mostly did but our uh, our venues kind of quote dried up uh, we were we were uh, hosted by the city of Lakeland uh, Kermit Weeks when he had his museum open was able to host us now that he's down to uh, skeleton crew it's almost impossible to put together a crew the size for the day so we started casting around and Tavera stuck their hand in the air and we we, we fell in love with the place and so uh, we used to have the the fly out during the week of sun and fun but actually now we've moved it to the weekend prior so that everybody once they get to sun and fun they don't have to leave don't have to take their airplane back out and the, the whole idea here is again to have an event to get everybody fired up and Tavares has just stepped right up you know Tavares has not only got seaplanes they got boats and they got a train you can ride a train from here to Eustis to Mount Dora it, it's just great I mean if you can pry somebody away from their television on a Saturday afternoon, come to Tavares. This is the place. <laughs> I, oh boy, I'd have to agree with you. It's awesome. You got you got planes, you got trains, you've got automobiles, you've got everything in this area. There's all sorts of different types of modes of transportation. And you know, I'm looking around here at the people coming in, and like you just said, you don't have to be a pilot, a seaplane pilot, to be out here. You just have to have an interest in airplanes, and I think that's really important. There's there's so many folks that are interested in airplanes this is this is another mode of aviation that is absolutely fascinating they take up airplane and they land and take off on the water yeah that's kind of what we do uh, <laughs> this is one of my f favorite things about seaplanes most people buy a seaplane to fly as far out into the wilderness as they can get so they get away from everybody and then we try to put them all back together it's like putting cats in a bag <laughs> amen well Bob Hiley with uh, the Seabirds at Sun and Fun. By the way, uh, just remind us again where they, they'll be able to find you on, at the Sun and Fun grounds when they come visit. Okay, we are uh, on the uh, south side of the field on the flight line. Uh, the National Oceanic uh, uh, Organization, the, the Hurricane Hunters, have just put up a big hangar, and we're right in front of them. But uh, you'll see it. It's just uh, out on the flight line uh, east of where all the antique airplanes are. Just keep coming, and uh, you'll start seeing real tall airplanes because they got canoes sticking under them. <laughs> anyway, that's where we are, and you're most welcome to come out and stop by and chat. Well, Bob Hyla, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. Of course, you could go to flysnf.org, find out more about the seabirds, and stop by. You can listen to this at the stuckmikeavcast.com. We'll be reporting all week long. I really appreciate it. Is there any, any website that they should go to other than Sun and Fun? No, the, uh, the flysnf.org is the, is the main Sun and Fun, and you'll see everything that's going to go on there. Uh, and we actually have a, a page. Page on the on the website about the fly uh, sea uh, seaplane. So, 
Yes. Yeah. We really appreciate Bob Hiley at uh, at the Seabirds, and that noise you hear in the background is actually they just had a uh, an aircraft go by and drop water. Uh, it's actually a firefighting machine, and it's a seaplane of all things. Just a lot of fun. That's Matt Alilia, Alilia that you actually hear on the radio over there. We're going to have an interview with him. Carl Valeri here at Seaplane of Palooza 2018 reporting live. Listen to this online, Sun and Fun, liveatc.net slash SNF for Sun and Fun, and at ours, stuckmikeavcast.com. Well, folks, this is Carl Valeri reporting for the Stuck Mike Avcast here at Seaplane of Palooza 2018. I'm here with Amy Gesch, and she's actually in front of this really cool-looking aircraft standing way above our heads, and we're enjoying being out of the wind and in the shade underneath the Boss 182. Amy, welcome to the podcast, and welcome to Seaplane of Palooza. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's a little bit breezy, but we're still having fun. Having fun, and there's nothing more fun than getting out here if you're a pilot to see seaplanes. If you dream about flying in a seaplane, it's good to be here. Or if you just love looking at them, which they're beautiful, you know, this is the place to be. There's stuff for everybody, isn't there? There's stuff for kids, etc. So Whip Air, actually, for those that don't know, they manufacture the floats for the aircraft. So tell us a little bit about Whip Air for those that don't know much about seaplanes. Yeah, so Whip Air was founded in 1960. We're a third-generation family-owned company based in South St. Paul, Minnesota. We do have a service center down here in sunny Leesburg, Florida, just uh, five miles away from Taveras. And we've been building floats, uh, again, since 1960 for airplanes ranging in size from uh, Super Cub, so two-seat tandem fabric-covered airplane, all the way up to the de Havilland Twin Otter 19-seat twin engine, turboprop, you know, small regional air aircraft. So there's quite a range. Uh, we also have maintenance, avionics, paint and interiors work as well. And we do performance uh, upgrades for airplanes, including engine conversions as also gross weight increases too. Well, awesome. If you're not into seaplanes, it's actually a great site to go to to get interested in seaplanes because they do explain a lot about them, which I think is really cool. Plus some of the pictures, videos and all, it'll get you more interested. But one, let's talk a little bit about this plane that we have out in front of us. This is the Boss 182. It looks pretty beefy. So why is it called the Boss 182? Well, because it is, uh, frankly, the biggest, baddest 182 on the market right now. And uh, it's a product of years of engineering. It's the reality is, is that floats add weight and drag to an airplane, which means that part of our business is designing, building, engineering over 100 modifications to a wide variety of airplanes. For the 182, we did a couple of things. Uh, we did a gross weight increase. Uh, because it offsets the weight of the floats, makes the airplane more usable uh, once you take it off the wheels. But we also put this fantastic Lycoming IO580 engine on it. Uh, so the Cessna 182 from the factory, the late model airplanes, the 182 S and T, uh, came out of the factory with a Lycoming IO540. It's a 230 horsepower engine. Uh, the IO580 out of the box is 315 horsepower. And don't stop there because you can actually port and polish the engine and get like 340 up to 345 horsepower and it tastes like a scalded cat. Wow, I thought, you know, my peepon conversion was was really hot stuff. This is amazing. Not only that, it's it's something that uh, we as pilots dream about having something that can go to the islands pull up to the side of an island and take off but actually carry people. That's the important thing. How about useful load? Uh, useful load, depending upon how you outfit the airplane, can be you know seven, eight hundred pounds. Uh, check with our aircraft salespeople to get the actual numbers. Uh, but there's a few things that help there. This airplane, um, 
depending upon which of our gross weight increases you use can be a 3,370 takeoff gross weight or up to 3,500 pounds on floats. And remember on wheels it's only 3,100. So you're picking up a, a, lot, a lot of gains there and we're the only people that have that gross weight increase. So you don't just sell the floats, you actually modify aircraft and floats, and, uh, and you've actually put them on quite a few different types of airplane. I think you mentioned almost 100? Uh, there's 100 different modifications that we do, 100 plus, uh, but we've got like nine different models of floats, most of which are available in a straight or seaplane version without landing gear, as well as the amphibious version. Uh, so out there, um, of the float manufacturers today, we're manufacturing more varieties for more airplanes than anybody else. How about those people that have always thought about flying a float and maybe have an airplane now said, got to be really cool to convert to floats. Can you help them out? Absolutely. It depends on the airplane, uh, but we are you know, talking Super Cubs, Super Cruisers, Huskies, 172s, 182s, 180s, 185s, 206s. If you're not sure, check our website out or come see us at, at any events that we're going to. Uh, but our website has a lot of great information on what you know, airplanes you can put on floats. There's sometimes uh, more modifications that need to occur to them, but our team can help recommend, you know, what's going to work best. Otherwise, sometimes we have someone come to us and their particular model of airplane just doesn't, it's not approved on floats and it would be difficult to do so or cost prohibitive. But we have an aircraft sales division that can help you find the right airplane or they can help you sell your airplane, or you know, we can also take airplanes in on trade if there's one in our inventory that you say, I really want that, So, like this lovely Boss 182 that uh, Carl and I were talking about. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people don't realize that you do all those different things. You think it's a float company and that's it, but you do so much more. For sure, I mean, there's there's so much, There's it's a common refrain that we hear when people come visit our facilities, whether it be here in Leesburg, Florida, or up in South St. Paul, Minnesota, is that they say, wow, I didn't realize you guys were this big. Or wow, you know, I mean, we have an incredible, in our avionics laboratory, for instance, we have a wall of bench testing equipment. And it is getting more and more difficult for those of you that fly vintage airplanes to find people that can work on old avionics. And we've got just an impressive array. People will call us and they say, you know, I called other avionics shops and nobody could work on this. Uh, so wide variety. You know, you truly are also uh, into the new technologies and helping people, but you're also advocates for aviation. You're advocates for helping people move forward. There's a few things I guess people don't know about WetBear. is also possibly the scholarships and also the, the learning involved there. Could you talk a little bit about maybe the scholarships that you offer? The scholarship is, is one of my favorite things to talk about because uh, we started in 2015, which was our 54th, 55th anniversary of building Whipline Floats. Uh, so we will take applications in and accept applications for a $1,500 scholarship uh, for your seaplane training. And what's interesting about it is we don't restrict it to your initial seaplane rating. I've had people use it for a commercial or other advanced seaplane training. Uh, it's not restricted to college students. You know, we have people that come in and they say, you know, this has been a dream of mine for years and I've just never found a way to do it. Uh, and so we're, we'll be announcing and opening that application window on our website here soon as well. And of course, if you want to find out more about that, we are the publishers of aerospacescholarships.com, and it's in our directory. It's an incredible scholarship. I love the fact that you mentioned that uh, it's not just for people starting out, it's for people of all ages. One of the things that we're seeing more is a trend, just like you're doing, and I commend you folks for doing this, is trying to move people forward in the field of aviation, not necessarily going into it as a career, but just because it's fun, it's recreation. And, and it's really something that actually helps us grow as a person. Yeah, I mean, 
as, as a pilot myself, who I, I struggled with that when I was in college, people would ask me uh, if I was interviewing for a scholarship, you know, well, what are your career aspirations? And I said, you know, I love general aviation. I love flight training. That's kind of the areas that I want to work in. Um, and as soon as you, you said that you weren't interested in, you know, an airline career or something that's a little bit more traditional, they there's a feeling I think sometimes that scholarship providers that well but you're not going to use it as much but the reality is there's there's so many incredible opportunities out there in aviation I work in marketing uh, so I get to you know travel to these events I get to work with small airplanes fun people I get to meet our customers and really build a connection with them and you know so if that's something you're interested in there's great options and that was something we wanted to make sure was open to people you know people that said uh, you know, would look at other scholarships and think, well, maybe, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm too old or I, I have a job already. We wanted to make sure that they had an option to, because it's a, it's a heck of a lot of fun and everybody should have a chance to do it. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that there's other careers in aviation, like in marketing. Uh, a lot of us say, hey, I want to go into flying so that I can get paid to do something that's fun. And we all kind of go towards that airline thing, but, but there's so many more jobs, just like you're doing in marketing. And, and even at Whip Air, I guess, what other jobs do you have in aviation? We have a, you know, again, the, the theme of Whip Air is wide variety because we're a big enough company that we offer, you know, competitive pay, competitive benefits, but small enough that you got a family atmosphere. Uh, so, you know, we have engineers, we have test pilots, we have people that uh, work with their hands and handcraft all of our floats and they just, they love building things. We have mechanics that, you know, get to fix things and the running joke among our mechanics is, you know, uh, that but mechanics exist because pilots needed heroes too. Uh, but we have folks that work in sales, uh, both in product sales for whipline floats and our modifications as well as aircraft sales. So finding the right airplane for someone uh, and you know all of the support services. I always tell people that you know if you are good with numbers for instance and you're like well you know I think I'd really be an accountant. You can do that and still combine it. Say you know I'm gonna work for an aviation company because it's a lot more fun than well basically anything else. So if you're listening, listen to our sister podcast, Aviation Careers Podcast, if you're listening this week to uh, Stuck Mike Avcast, you know, remember, it's not just flying planes. And I always get this question, aren't there other jobs in aviation? I know we're talking about airline jobs so much because of the shortage, but I hate to discount any other jobs out there. And boy, there are so many. And you could do that right here at, at Whip, uh, everywhere. Whip Air, you can do it at all the other seaplane manufacturers out here. And it's just, it's a wonderful community. You get to have fun and go work, can Absolutely. I, I mean, I have, have no complaints. I've been on work trips. I've been to Shanghai, China. I've been to Anchorage, Alaska, down here into Florida, um, uh, California, Maine, beautiful place up in Maine. Um, you know, so Canada, uh, you know, and really off the beaten path sort of places that are just spectacular, pristine and beautiful. And you get to go hang out with pilots and people that love airplanes. And uh, what better place to be than out in the fresh air like this and, and just visiting all those beautiful places. And you get to fly, too. We do. I actually, uh, the best part is, is that, uh, and I love telling the story because I get to brag a little bit, but uh, I got paid to do my seaplane rating. I came to work from Whip Air and they said, okay, all right, well, we're, we're a float plane company. You, you know, you should go get your seaplane rating. I said, okay, that's fine. And they said, all right, you know, here's an instructor. We'll take care of it. And, uh, you know, oh, by the way, yeah, you can do it on work time. So technically I was clocked in while I was flying that Super Cub on floats. Wow. 
Wow, that, that you know that's pretty unique. I think she's smiling right now, just like I was like, man, that is too cool. So uh, you know there are so many opportunities out there like that, very unique in the aviation industry. And I commend you for doing that, for jumping out there and 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 being on the forefront for people that are getting into jobs that most people don't think about. And I think that's terrific. Going back to Whip Air, if they're listening right now on the internet, how would they find you on the internet? There's a, a number of ways you can find us. Uh, first is our website, www.whipair.com, and that's spelled W-I-P as in Papa, A-I-R-E.com. You can find us on Facebook, just search Whip Air. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram as well. And of course, you can always find us at events. We'll be at Sun and Fun, we'll be at Oshkosh. Uh, check our website for our full event schedule or tune in to any of our social channels. We look forward to interviewing you there, but also what do you have here today? We've been talking about the Boss 182 because it looks so cool, but you have some other cool things here. You know, there's actually uh, six sets of whipline floats on this ramp, and we're only responsible for two of them. So they've got the Boss 182, which is here for sale, and a set of whipline 3000 floats. And then right next to me uh, and Carl is another uh, Husky on a set of whipline 2100 floats. So that's another one of our display airplanes that's for sale. We also have another Husky, a 206, a Super Cub, and a Mall that are all down here and happen to be on whipline floats as well. Must be proud that they're on whipline. Oh, for sure. And I, I got to take a look and see if a few more came in, but we, we love seeing them come in. We love seeing our customers. They're kind of a big, big old family. It's in, it's part of why we love events, both big and small. Uh, it's kind of a family reunion for us. Well, it's cool because it's a family company, and this is a family of, of pilots and, and people that love seaplanes that are here. Again, Amy Gesher, is there anything else you want to say about Whipline before we close? Uh, you know what? If you are looking for a career, check our website out. You know, we've always got job opportunities posted, but otherwise we hope to see you in an event, and uh, you can tell them that Carl sent you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Amy. Amy Gesh is, is one that is promoting aviation in general, obviously through Whip Air, but uh, we really appreciate what you've done uh, in the past and also what you know you're going to do in the future and promoting people in the aviation world and also through Whipline. So thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> this is Carl Valera reporting for Stuck Mike Avcast here at Seaplane of Palooza. 2018 right in front of this really cool Boss 182 on Whip Air Floats. I, I think I want to take it for a ride. Hello folks, this is Carl Vlair with the Stuck Mike Afcast reporting live here at the Seaplane of Palooza 2018 and I am sitting under in the shade with some natural air conditioning under this beautiful looking Waco. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. But the reason we're sitting under it, normally you wouldn't be able to do that, or standing under it, I should say, is that it's way up on floats. And I'm here with Peter Bowers, the president of Waco. And uh, Peter, you know, welcome to Sea Plane of Palooza and welcome to the podcast. How's it been so far? Hey, Carl, great. Uh, just a wonderful event. Uh, love everything about it. A little windy today, so but we're looking forward to tomorrow where we're going to have some competitions here for uh, the uh, watermelon drop and spot landing contests and a lot of other just fun stuff that makes aviation fun and seaplane flying particularly fun. Well, I tell you, the Waco is a fun airplane. It's uh, all the folks that I talk to that want to do rides. It's great. It's got some extra seats inside it. And the, the fact that it just looks vintage, but it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's fun on into it of itself. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Waco. And also, I don't think I've ever seen one on floats. Well, you're exactly right. This is our first amphibious float YMF 5D. So we're actually calling this the YMF 5F and the F for floats. So this is our standard D model, 300 horsepower airplane, VFR instrumentation. But again, as you mentioned, seats for two in the front, pilot flies from the back, so a total of three people. And it is just the definition of a fun airplane. Fun on land, incredibly fun on the water, and it really performs great in both of those, those modes. 
Boy, it must be a challenge, I'm thinking, to transition from the land plane to, to this thing here. We are literally standing up underneath the wing of this plane. You know, it's, it looks big, but once you're on board, it's actually, it's, 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 uh, it's very comfortable. And, um, you know, the first few flights were certainly interesting coming out of the tailwheel variant where you're sitting a lot lower. But you'll find this airplane is actually the easiest landing WACO you'll ever fly because of the amphibious landing gear. Only a very real soft gear. It's like a giant shopping cart on the ground, and it steers just about as easy on the ground. So to those that are listening that are new to aviation, just tell us a little bit about the history of WACO. Well, the WACO company dates way back to the late 1920s. And at the time, actually in the 20s and 30s, was the largest builder of airplanes in the world. Uh, the company ceased building airplanes after World War II, where during the war, of course, they built the GC-4A glider and other variants that were used in the Normandy invasion. But again, airplane production stopped uh, in the late 40s, early 50s, and then resumed in 1984 when we started building this model, the YMF-5. At the time, it was the YMF-5B, then the C model introduced in 1992. The D model with a bigger engine and other improvements introduced in 2010. And now in 2018, we're introducing the YMF-5F model with the amphibious floats. So back in the day, as far as history goes in World War II, what was this primarily used for? It was a sportsman's airplane. Uh, This airplane was originally introduced actually in 1935 as the YMF-5, and the 5 stood for 1935. But this airplane was built, was purchased by the thrill seekers of the day, the Vanderbilts, the, 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 the people that were um, well-to-do aviators who wanted the best of the best. And today we continue that tradition by building what I consider the best airplane in the world. The highest quality materials, the highest quality interior components, um, a, a statement like no other that you'll find just about anywhere, particularly on this ramp. So, Maury, the, the enthusiasts that's purchasing this aircraft? Correct. Enthusiasts normally are the new purchasers. Once in a while, we'll find a, um, uh, a ride operator that buys it. Uh, frequently, a ride operator may buy a used airplane, though. The, um, although we just shipped a brand new uh, one to uh, Hawaii, where it's used in scenic flights. And we're working on another one uh, today that's going to Guam uh, for scenic flights as well. <laughs> what better way to, to see the world than an open cockpit airplane? Absolutely. And it is a, uh, you'll find, if you've flown in one, which I think you have, that it's a lifetime experience that you remember your whole life. Thing is, though, the first time I flew in it, I didn't want to get out. I said, hey, let's just keep going. He says, well, we're going to run out of gas, so we got to put this on the ground eventually. But it's so different being able to not look through a window, but look straight out to the ground. And you really feel it's kind of like riding a Harley Davidson, you know, you bugs in the teeth and wind in your hair. Uh, the parallels are very similar, and it's a much more holistic and real flying experience that you miss today in so many airplanes. So you talked about the Vanderbilts, but uh, I think this is a little more affordable these days uh, as far as an airplane for the enthusiast. It's not quite what it used to be. but uh, So somebody, it's a little expensive, but somebody can actually acquire this without mortgaging the house, say. Well, true. depends on your house. But uh, uh, this airplane, uh, new with the floats, VFR instrumentation is priced at 600000 mm-hmm. uh, Whereas, you know, you look at a new Cessna 182, it's about the same price point, and you don't get the floats. Yeah, you don't get the floats is, is correct. How about transitioning to this? I mean, who uh, who's going to do the instruction? Do you have folks on step? Yeah, with a new, pr- a new purchase includes instruction from a factory pilot. Uh, we do like if you show up with a with a tailwheel endorsement if you're doing a, a wheeled variant or a seaplane endorsement. 
of course, we can work with you on that if necessary. But uh, we normally will just do the instruction um, in your airplane when you take delivery. And the, the, the float plane particularly is just a phenomenally easy float plane. Myself, I went from a Piper Cub on floats to this directly. And three or four landings, you had it down. Because, you know, again, super great water handling characteristics, both in landing, taxi, and takeoff. This thing, uh, last year here at Tavares in November for their Monster Splash, got first place for fastest takeoff. And that's beating the Super Cubs and the 182s and everything, except the two guys in the air cam, but they had two engines, so they don't count. (laughs) You know, one of the things about this airplane, and a testament to actually the design being around for so long, is it's sturdy, and it is fun to fly. And actually, it's a lot different. People think you manhandle something like this, and and you actually don't. Right. It's a fingertip airplane, and it's actually a phenomenally comfortable cross-country airplane. I flew this airplane down from Michigan yesterday. It was 18 degrees when I left Michigan. And it... You know, when you're in the cockpit, it's quite protected. I've got my Bose A20 headset on and the radio on, and uh, that is the music radio, and just go. And it's comfy to do it. And, you know, with the, uh, with the, uh, the comfort foam seats and all the other Luxo items that are in the cockpit, it's a nice cross-country cruiser. You know, most people wouldn't think of that with an open cockpit airplane having a cross-country aircraft, but you can do that. It, it must have been kind of cold, huh? You know, it will... Uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't chilly, but there's a very effective heater in the airplane. Yeah, I flew down with just regular blue jeans on, uh, my smart wool socks, regular shoes, and a leather coat and a sweater. And that was it, and gloves and, gloves and whatnot, but it uh, wasn't bad. Well, I tell you, I'd love to get up there and jump in and fly it. Uh, how about people that are listening right now? Where can they find out more about you on the Internet and also possibly to find a place that they can actually fly something like this, maybe not on the amphibs, but in a land plane? Sure. Well, we'll be at Sun and Fun this whole week. Uh, my, uh, my buddy Jerry and I are flying from the Splash Inn uh, tomorrow to Lakeland. We'll be there until next Monday. Uh, we're, we are co-located with the Aeroset Float Company and their booth this year. Okay. The, uh, you can find information on the internet, of course, at wacoaircraft.com. Uh, W-A-C-O, aircraft.com. Waco Aircraft. Is there anything else uh, coming up or you want to tell us about Waco before we end? Well, you know, this summer, of course, we're planning on hitting a lot of the splashing events to feature the float plane. The, um, uh, we have some, you know, a lot of new product improvements, part of it related to the float plane and new constant speed propeller on this airplane from MT, which is a really wonderful performance improvement and um, some other avionics options that are right around the corner from Garmin that we plan on fitting to this airplane as well. And just a gorgeous looking airplane. I mean, just a great paint job. Uh, I don't know who inspired this paint job, but it was a terrific job. Well, thank you. And this is actually done by our, our paint manager. You know, for years we've we've always dictated to the paint department how to paint the paint scheme. Right. On the float plane, we said, just paint it red. You work on, you do all the details on your own. So we let that we let our, our painting manager have a free have free reign, and I think he came up with a really impressive paint scheme. A beautiful classic red airplane that gets everybody's attention when they walk out here on the ramp. It's hard to miss this because it stands so tall. Peter Bowers with the uh, Waco Aircraft Company. Boy, I tell you, this is actually people's dreams is to go with bugs in the teeth, wind in the air, 
to fly in something like this, so classic looking and so much fun. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thank you very much. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, day today, and I look forward to some more splashing tomorrow. Yeah. And also, Seaplane Palooza, which is also heading down to Sun and Fun, used to be part of the splash in for years. You're going to hear them on Sun and Fun Radio. We'll be there on Sun and Fun Radio. We'll be doing interviews there. You can listen to that, liveatc.net slash SNF. You can find this interview on stuckmikeavcast.com. It'll come out every day in the morning by 8 a.m. Carl Valera reporting for Stuck Mike Avcast. Well, folks, this is Carl Valera with the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting live at Seaplane Palooza 2018. And I'm sitting here with the man that put this all together and is managing everything and is running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And uh, that's Matt Alia. He's actually the manager, aviation manager at Tavares, and uh, it's interesting because most small cities this size don't have an aviation manager, but being the most friendly seaplane base in the world, seaplane city, Tavares, they would have that. And welcome back to the podcast. Well, thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the first thing is it's not just me. There is a whole team of people that uh, put this on. It takes months to plan, and we've had uh, a large number of people from our economic development department in the city and other departments, uh, the public works department, uh, the utilities department, uh, a whole variety of people that have been involved. So it really is a true team effort, and uh, it allows us to have this great event. And then uh, on event day, you know, we handle things as they come up. We had a little bit of wind today. It's not something that we can uh, we can control. We do the best planning we can. Even with that, though, we still had, I would say, close to three dozen aircraft. I haven't seen the total count yet. I was trying to take some pictures in between answering questions and uh, and where we needed to go. So even with the wind uh, for the first day here, the Saturday, uh, it was a really good turnout, I think. Seaplane of Palooza, this is a, a newer concept. And uh, how did it come about? Who was the brainchild behind this? So Seaplane of Palooza is really the evolution of our seaplane fly-in. The city of Tavares has hosted a spring and a fall fly-in uh, for seaplanes, obviously on Lake Dora here, uh, since 2012. And a couple of years ago, the Seabirds with Sun and Fun uh, lost their home for a splash-in on Thursday of Sun and Fun. And in Tavares, we opened up our facility, uh, provided goodie bags, essentially dining vouchers, invited the Sun and Fun Seabirds to come up. Uh, that worked out well for a few years, and now uh, we have their support, and we moved our seaplane fly-in to the weekend right before Sun and Fun to allow the seabirds and the seaplanes in the southeast United States, and even from further than that, we have uh, planes from the Midwest and New England here. Uh, last year, we had a plane all the way from Washington State come in. So we get quite a range that come in for this, and it's really that evolution, the natural evolution from our fly into putting it before sun and fun working with them signing the memo of understanding and help they help with the marketing aspect and providing volunteers we have the facility and do the event planning and put this together so it's really a a a big teamwork effort between us and the sun and fun seabirds and uh, really has been the evolution of things with our city's economic development director bob tweedy uh, myself and our event coordinator sherry moan that have really started to develop this and we try each year to make it a little bigger a little better and really be a national level seaplane festival where pilots can come have a good time uh, get that social camaraderie aspect uh, and spend some time in america's seaplane city i mean where better place what better place to spend time as a seaplane pilot than America's seaplane city? 
I have to agree, and to having the backing of uh, the Seabirds from Sun and Fun says something. That's an organization that's been around for a long time, and we're, they're happy, I'm sure, to have this as a home. Uh, and as we all know, we've seen splashes in the past, and uh, this truly, I think, is going to become a national event. And I tell you what, going out there today, I saw a lot of happy people because people are, aren't just here as pilots, uh, aviation enthusiasts all over, kids. There's there's things for everybody to do, and you know what's more fun than watching a seaplane take off and land and that is true you know we we really enjoy the contest the shortest takeoff the bo- a watermelon bomb drop or pumpkin bomb drop in the fall and our takeoff contest unfortunately due to the wind we were unable to do that this year but people came out a lot of people from the community pilots who flew their wheeled aircraft over to leesburg and used our shuttle from sun air aviation over to here to enjoy the event and then other pilots that drove in to visit because they didn't have a seaplane or weren't able to fly for whatever reason today and it's great to see that and that continue to grow this year even with the wind i think our crowd in terms of the number of people here was a significant increase even from last year which was our biggest seaplane event to that point so it's great to see that development and growth and I think it'll continue to grow what's interesting is what you said about uh, Leesburg that's actually really close here right Yes, Leesburg Airport, Leesburg International Airport, is all of five miles to the west. Uh, We coordinate with Sun Air Aviation there, the FBO, and obviously Whip Air has a location there. Whip Air is a great supporter of our event. They provided uh, Whip Air sunglasses for all of the pilots this year, uh, which was a great ad. So they're here providing that support. So wheeled aircraft can land over there. We have the shuttle running both days during the event. People can come over. And I know that uh, it was going because not only did I see the shuttle, I talked to a few people today who flew into Leesburg and then came over to be a part of our event. So it's great to see and, uh, and something that we we like to leverage moving forward with the event. Let's talk a little bit about Tavares outside of the event because I know there's a lot of people interested in coming here. And uh, say they fly in, how would they get from Leesburg here? Say they're in a wheeled aircraft. And also, who else is here as far as seaplanes are concerned? There's manufacturers, et cetera. Sure. So coming into Leesburg, the best way to go is to go to the Sun Air Aviation FBO. Um, There's rental car options there if you're going to stay for a while um, or to work with those folks or if you're a a Whip Air customer to visit the Whip Air facility. Um, And then getting over to Tavares is very easily. Uh, They're in Leesburg. In Tavares, we actually have Progressive Aerodyne, Sea Ray, and they're right behind me here off my right shoulder. Uh, And I like to say this when I'm announcing the contest. These are seaplanes that are born in America's seaplane city. It's my favorite line to say. And I've worked into every parade that I emcee and every flying contest. Uh, But they're seaplanes that are born in America's seaplane city. And it's fantastic to see new owners doing their initial training, coming over to our lake and our facility to try it out, get used to the plane. Uh, Jones Brothers, the base seaplane operator here, actually has a Sea Ray in their inventory of aircraft and provide training in that for new owners that need to get their insurance time up or just for pilots who want to try a Sea Ray out but are unable to do a demo ride at the factory for whatever reason, want to have something scheduled in advance of coming, they can book a flight with Jones Brothers, fly the Sea Ray, and then the Progressive Aerodyne plant in Tavares, just a couple miles down the road, is always welcoming to prospective customers, current owners, uh, really anyone interested in it. And it's a fascinating place. 
with the first time I went in there, I was shocked at how busy it is and how many aircraft they were in the process of building. It's an amazing place to visit, and you can see the whole aircraft built into varies from the hull all the way through building the skeleton and all the spars inside, putting the engine on and the wings and building the cockpit. They do all of their own electrical and wiring over there. It's a great place to visit, and you not only get a sense of the aircraft and what is involved with the aircraft, but you really see the whole aircraft manufacturing process in one building. And it's a really interesting thing. I had never seen that before my first visit to Progressive Aerodyne. Well, the, the seaplanes that are born here, they do have a, a great, uh, I would say, one of my favorite uh, places to actually visit because they're very friendly. I mean, they, they never let anybody go away. And I'll have to, one testament to that is I stopped by, actually, they were just closing up. And they looked at me and said, okay, listen, I know you're from far away. Let's go ahead and do this, this tour. They were so sweet. They didn't actually rush us through the tour. They said, take your time. And if you want to see stuff that's actually made here in America, which sometimes we don't see as much, especially in, the, in some of the aircraft, uh, you're going to see that right here, right here in Tavares. Absolutely. And C-Ray is a great supporter. Uh, just to speak to their, you know, their efforts, their sales manager was here today. Their CEO was here today. They are very supportive of our effort. They bring their trailer, which folds out into a mobile showroom. They brought over three aircraft today. A great supporter of the event. And it's really a fun aircraft. I haven't actually had the chance to fly one uh, yet. At some point, I will. Uh, but they are great people with a great product. And we're very happy to have them in America's seaplane city. So the Sea Ray, I know we haven't spoken with them yet, but uh, tune in to tomorrow because we will be having an interview uh, with Sea Ray, who's actually a big part of this community here. Uh, America's Seaplane City, and, and I tell you, it is the world's most friendly seaplane base and uh, end city. How did it actually get started? I mean, how did this whole concept of being, you know, the most friendly seaplane city in the world come about? Sure. So we really pride ourselves on our customer service. And really the story began probably 10 or 12 years ago. This city was like many cities. It was almost anywhere USA. And the city determined that it needed to have a brand. It needed to be something. And so the city did a visioning process. Uh, a new city administrator by the name of John Drury, who's very supportive to everything we do, comes from airport management, is a pilot himself, was a city administrator, and uh, with his vision and leadership and guidance, that visioning process that the city did with input from all of the residents took to develop the waterfront of Lake Dora and make it a marina and a seaplane base, an event platform, and really that's what drove it. And since then, the city has been working to develop itself to support the seaplane. So as of now, we're we're closing in on our 25,000 seaplane visit. Um, last year, even missing time with uh, Hurricane Irma, we were down for quite a while while we were cleaning up because we took uh, substantial damage, as we've talked about previously. Uh, even with that, we had our best year in terms of seaplane operations, or we track seaplane visits. So the number of seaplanes that come in, whether they're based aircraft returning or visiting seaplanes coming in uh, and then coming back. So it's a great trend, and we're, uh, we're always working to to make it a more friendly and more inviting place with as many services that we can provide as possible uh, to make pilots feel like they're welcome and to ensure that they know that they are always welcome in America's Seaplane City to come in and visit and that we'll be there for them. 
Well, not only pilots are welcome here, but uh, their families, their friends, their children. There's there's actually so much more here. So if you're with your flying partner who's not into aviation, there's a lot to do here. It gives a little flavor for, for what's around. So I'll give you an example. We get a lot of pilots who fly in because we are not like an airport. We are right in the heart of downtown. So you can land here, walk uh, literally across a brand new ruby bread, uh, excuse me, ruby bread, ruby brick road, Ruby Street, uh, to a variety of restaurants, a dozen different restaurants uh, and other establishments here. We're in an entertainment district, so if you're staying for the night, um, it's a very fun place with a lot of live music that happens at different restaurants. There is um, a train operator here that does service between here and Mount Dora and Eustis and provides a passenger scenic train ride. And I'll just kind of use a, a brief story. There was a lake that flew in not long ago and a family got out and I asked, you know, how long are you going to be with us? We'll chalk the plane. Uh, do you need any fuel? And they didn't need any fuel at that point. They just wanted to put a cover on the plane, chalk the wheels. They came, they had a picnic in one of our park gazebos here. And then the kids played on our playground. And then they went into the splash park, which is a children's splash park, uh, which is aviation themed. So it has a big seaplane on the top. The propellers spin around, spray water out. Water comes out of the floats. There's little fish and gator sprayers that spray water. So they did that. And then they uh, you know, went back to the playground, dried off. And eventually they came back through the park, checked in with us, uh, purchased a couple things in our little prop shop store, and they loaded up into the plane, took off, and they spent their entire day here just in our park having lunch, doing some activities of different things, and then going back to the airplane. And to me, that was a great example of the facility that's here and taking the most advantage of it as you can. So I was really happy to see that, and they've come back many times. That wasn't their first visit, so it's great to have so many returning visitors that come in, whether it's just for lunch or to spend a full afternoon in the park. For just a few hours or a few days, I think, Tavares and Mount Dora, this whole area is wonderful. Uh, there's so many things, just like you talked about, the park here for the, the kids. The next thing you need is a dog park, and we can bring Turbo here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are working on a couple of things. Right now, we just opened last summer a new uh, boat ramp with paved parking area, and it's America's Seaplane City, so of course we built it so that seaplanes could use it. We used it today for the event to support some overflow parking. Uh, during the week, it's normally for recreational boat boat launching for boaters, fishermen, and we're in the process of extending the Wooten Park waterfront uh, atmosphere. Right now, the trail extension is underway. We're adding probably close to a quarter mile of, of trail that'll wind through a western portion of our park. There's a brand new restroom facility going in over there, uh, and that part of the park will have lighting, just as our, our current one does, park benches, and, and it'll expand our, our footprint. And as part of that Ruby Street that I was talking about, it was really a stormwater project that um, that led to those red bricks, and they're building a brand new Tavares Ecological Park right at the end of the brick road, which is at the end of Wooten Park which will be a whole nother experience with walking trails and there'll be informational panels so that uh, visitors can learn about the ecological impacts because that stormwater is going to, instead of just shooting out into the lake, the city has made an effort to try and do our part to clean the lake up. So this stormwater will go through a, a new pipe that they put in the ground 
go into a three-cell pond in the Tavares Ecological Park where there'll be bee mats and other features where the plants will actually thrive on the pollutants to the water, clean the water, and then the water will end up going back into the Dora Canal and back into Lake Dora in a cleaner atmosphere. So not only are we providing another feature for visitors and for residents to enjoy the area, but we're working to make the lake more sustainable, cleaner, and really do our share environmentally to make this a better place in Central Florida. Well, that's terrific, and I love to see that moving forward, being very progressive as a city. Uh, but I want to go back to the, the ruby red bricks. I mean, who actually finally made that decision on, on the, that brick road out there? You know, the, that project has been uh, going on, uh, it's, it's nearing completion, and the city council actually picked the red color. I believe that they, were, uh, they narrowed it down to some options, and they picked the color, but the, the road has always been Ruby Street. And so as soon as the stormwater project came up, the idea was if we can put down ruby red bricks on this road, it would really add. And really the, the thing that it does, it was, you know, paved asphalt, black asphalt before. Now it really extends this this atmosphere that we have in Wooten Park out into the downtown. And it really lends itself to some of the other events that we do. You know, besides Seaplane of Palooza, we do a variety of other things, whether they're 5K runs on the road, whether it's bicycle races that come through, it's our own Halloween or Christmas parades, uh, or our Planes, Trains, and Barbecue event, which is coming up April 21st. <laughs> i got to get that plug in there. There'll be a full air show out over the lake. Uh, and we do a car show there. So it really provides a new... Uh, a venue that's added so during the day um, it's a road it's usable it looks really nice and when we're doing events it can become a promenade and a base and a venue for the event to sprawl beyond the park and give the community a new place to spend time yeah i think it's very attractive i love walking along the the ruby red brick road and uh, i always love saying that because it sounds like it's from a movie somewhere instead of follow the yellow brick road follow the ruby red brick road uh, but this is actually one place i think that you can take your friends your family and everybody i really appreciate what you folks have done now what's next uh, in the whole Tavares? i mean what can we do moving forward i know there's a big project going on with the waterfront and we're going to speak with those folks tomorrow uh, but what about after that i mean you, you seem to be continuing uh, adding and new features to the city and trying to bring people in here. Sure. So obviously the rebuild of our seaplane base and marina facilities that were destroyed by Hurricane Irma uh, is our number one priority. We are uh, active now, but we need to get back to the level of activity that we had before. And uh, that build, and you'll talk to Haskell, and, and they're going to do a great job for us um, on rebuilding the facility, will be uh, a step in that direction. And I believe that that is going to allow us to have a new facility that we can leverage for even more opportunities. As time has gone on, there are new opportunities here. And just looking at Jones Brothers from when they started doing uh, air tours and some training flights to now where they provide on-demand Part 135 air charter, the ability for people to come here and fly to almost anywhere um, on an air service there, the on-demand air service is great. And so we are looking at opportunities to do new things, whether it's a, um, a tour boat that we're working with that'll come in and be a venue um, for small gatherings uh, or doing tours of the lakes or bringing back a boat club that'll do boat rentals 
bringing back those services that haven't been here since the hurricane and taking the next step in the natural progression. So our goal is always to bring the facility to the next level and to continue to improve. And I think with the brand new physical facility, and it'll take some work and effort as we go through the rebuild to get there. But the idea is always to improve. And I look at this event, Seaplane of Palooza, as one of the big beneficiaries to that rebuild as being what's next as we really work to grow this into a, a large scale event. Uh, and that's that's really the focus and the goal is we're developing these events for the community for the seaplane community, for the aviation community, uh, obviously the community being our local residents as well. And that, I believe, is is where we're going to be going as we redo this. Well, we can't wait to see the story unfold, and that's terrific. I mean, out of the ashes of Irma has come this phoenix that we call Tavares in the most seaplane-friendly city. Matt, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Is there anything else you want to tell the folks where they can find you maybe on Facebook? Sure. So uh, the city, uh, city of Tavares, America's Seaplane City, if you go to Facebook, um, Tavares, Florida, America's Seaplane City, or just Tavares.org, and on the left side, there'll be a tab for the seaplane base. Uh, You can find out about our events. Our next seaplane event will be in October the monster splash uh, hopefully the winds are a little calmer for that than they were today and we're able to uh, do some of those bomb runs and takeoff runs uh, but we'll be we'll be looking uh, towards that for october and uh, hopefully have a good turnout we're speaking with matt alia over at the uh, Tavares aviation manager one of the coolest jobs uh, government jobs you can have especially here in uh, Tavares, florida this is carl valeri reporting for stuck mike avcast Seaplane of Palooza 2018. We'll be speaking with more tomorrow, uh, so don't miss out on those. And we're going to be obviously be streaming live at liveatc.net slash SNF coming up at 7 o'clock. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.